some people say tech decide to take like uh, sports equipment as they use tools to fight with in case we get attacked and we know many uh, we're quite a mixed group of people the majority are young and we decided to put all the young people and the women in the middle of the group and around the group moving we'll put tall people with things just kind of look we are threatening group of people but it's just there was no one in there so if they were like that we're just you know so we walk out to the boarding school around three o'clock one o'clock in the afternoon and we got people who like kitchen porters and kitchen the chefs who knew the area because we didn't know the area well so to go in front tell us where we're going and we set off the teachers who wanted to come with us they came on with us and then we walked off and then um, we passed one group of people sitting on a hill waiting to go ahead to attack our school. But they didn't move on us because they were small, like five, ten. And they were listening to the radio how things are panning out. But national radio was out, so they were listening in a neighboring country. So Randa's radio. Because some of members of the political party that was ruling managed to flee. Because they killed the president, the head of the parliament, every big figure so that can guarantee the continuity of that political party. So they killed them. That's how it always the coup d'etat happens. And then uh, who those who managed to flee, they went in, in Rwanda. So when in Rwanda, they used the radio there to tell you know the population to uprise, right? to attack anyone. So basically all the Tutsis in a way. And they just took the ethnic thing. So we passed this first group of listening to the radio with machetes in their thing you know, under the armpit. We passed that group, and then I remember one girl saying, I think until today is my attitude to life. Um, if something's going to happen, great or bad, I always say, we'll see it when we cross that. Even it's great and exciting, I don't believe it until it's passed, you know. And since then, I have that, you know, I see how I have my partner, Lizzie, and they say, oh, she's getting excited, well, this is going to happen, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I remember this girl saying, oh, we're going to... Yeah, we're safe now. I'm like, I don't think so. So we went past the road. As we come to this road, just an area that has very hard hard line where they are, the area. And I remember a big tree trunk in the middle of the road, huge. And some people sitting on top of machetes and spears. And five of them came running towards us. I said, where do you think you're going? Go back to your boarding school. You're gonna be, you're gonna tell us that we are the one who made you run. We haven't come to your school yet. I'm like, hmm. Well, people, the end of the student, no, we stay here in the night. It's a great time for them to move on us. We are move daytime, right? There's no electricity in the countryside whatsoever. It's candles or just the schools where electricity is just their power machine, what they call generator, the body school. That's it. The rest is dark, everywhere, you know. You see a car far away. With, you know, headlights or somewhere. So we're moving in the afternoon and then they stop us there and they come uh, running from towards and they put a machete and they draw a line in front and say, if you, any of you dare cross this line, you regret why you did that. And they all of us say, slowly, calmly, keep walking. We'll cross the line. They run over again again. They draw a second line before the tree trunk. And on the side of the road, you have banks, it's quite high up. So it's those roads that dug in a hill. You know, the roads dug in a hill. So you have banks on both sides. 
And but this on the left side you have just a, a fall just from down the valley, you know. So we're walking before we cross the second line, they say, guys, you gonna regret this and I walk and walk in. They say, We are not feeling safe, it's not against you, let us go, we're going somewhere else. No, you're not gonna live here and uh, we are controlling the area, we can't leave you go. And they will say, No, we can't, you know. So that started there. And um before that, made a whistle. He made a whistle, and we had huge numbers of people. I don't know where they came from, and they encircled us. You know, they were standing on top of that hill, looking down on us, standing on that big train truck. I don't see if that truck is big. It's maybe four or five times bigger. You know, just in the middle of the road, basically stopping, like the army to come or the police or anything to come all the way. No chance to get there on time, you know. So, yeah, they stopped on top of the tree trunk and then we are there. And I remember being in front. And there's another guy who who's now a big athlete in the state. He's written a book about it. He's been on CNN and lots of stuff. He started a foundation. He goes and fundraising and build waters back to bring the people there. I remember being with him in the front. And um while we're there and arguing, let us go, na 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 na, on top of the hill, here some people, because in the boarding school we used to run sort of uh, events like dancing, theater, and as part of that group, and um, poetry. And I remember, I used to dance and choreograph. I remember some kids they said, "Oh, you slapped me once." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so everything's attack. So and I was like, uh, and there was a terminology called inivonugut, which means uh, level with the ear. So apparently Tutsis are taller than Hutus, which means we're going to chop them by the level of the ear, sort of like terminology. So that's how we understood it. But some other people said that they interpreted something else because they are all apparently terminology borrowed from Rwanda because in Rwanda they had even some killings back in the day, 60s. Now, recently after hours, 93 happened, you know. So, uh, and and we got a bit shaken from that moment to say, okay, we did, my mind, I didn't see it's gonna escalate to the level it went. So then before I know it, I remember speaking to one guy in front, we were macheted there and the radio. It's the same guy who used to come in, the, there was a church in our boarding school, two churches, a Pentecostal and a Catholic. So this, most of the, the neighbors uh, uh, in the countryside, they used to come to that church in our boarding school. So they come and preach and come with the Bibles there. But where used to be Bible used the machete was there, machete. Right. And I remember kinda of, I've noticed him before, and he has a you know very not threatening sort of, you know you know, attitude or how he looks or whatever. He's not like he's there vengeful, wanna kill you. You know, he's just there. And I'm like, you know, he's friendly. I'll speak to him. I say, man. What's the matter? Yeah, just let us go. It's not a big deal, you know. And I say, I argue, and then you have to say, no, I'll tell you the truth, you know. No matter what, I could let you go, I go, but I don't think these guys will let you go. You know, they're adamant. You're not gonna leave. So right there, because all the groups here, they're you know insulting. It's just insulting. So guys, if you keep insulting each other, it's gonna escalate, right? So I remember feeling like stuck. Because I was young, so I didn't see where it's going. So I remember I was going to sit on the side of this group, so on the bank. So if people are still on top, 
they have machetes, they have uh, clubs, everything. I remember a cousin of mine who was in St. Boris Camp said, you know what, how about two against one, just the people in front of us would just break that and run. I'm like, run, look, look who we've got. They have girls, they're young kids in there. Some can run, but others won't. They get caught. But before we discussing that, I don't know something happened in the front when I left. Conflict escalated and they start fighting. And before you know it, they were chopping, spear people, all that. And that scream went up. I was sitting and then this whole group of people just squished me against the, the earth. So while I'm there, I sat there and one minute, I seriously, I think, I just felt like, is this a dream? I mean, it must be a dream. This is totally a dream. It was like a movie somehow. When I'm there in this debate, if this is really happening, I see a lot of blood, you know, coming and reaching me underneath there. You know, I'm like, what? I said, fuck, this is really serious. So I remember just push all these bodies off me. They're dead, half wounded. And then I turn around, there was nowhere to go this way. It was full of people. And here there's a few people in that class. I think we are going to just... So back at the top of the hill, the people were like, yeah, come on, yeah, come in. So I'll pretend that I'm just going to go and then see if they're going to hit and they miss and then I can just go after, you know, their try. And it's just kind of a few seconds doing that. And then I see people that one boy went to cross, uh, to climb from that side. This person saw that he's not going to, you know, I'm taking ages to come up. So he went for that and hit the hawk. You know, head, and I remember being not a good sound. So I climb up. I see everyone run who's managed. They're running that direction, which is I mean, they're running towards a valley, and you could see even the first one is already on the next hill. Right? So I remember running there, and a few people waiting me with machetes and stuff. I remember walking to the person who had just a club, and I just say, "Man, I'm gonna just climb over you. I'm gonna even." run towards you and I'm, even my foot either in your chest or somewhere I'm going to step you and go I'm not going to stop you know? so I remember running and I remember somehow my hand and got kicked here before I know he was out of my way we sort of run run in sort of disarray because you could hear everywhere there were drums going on you could hear a whistle going on screams everywhere you know it's like animals just lose focus so we run for a good while and then um, we're up to this hill where there are refugees uh, an encircled sort of group of people who've been threatened by other neighbors there so they sat there they had machetes themselves and say you know they would fight apparently there's some army officers on holidays or someone who's been trained as army who were there and say oh a helicopter has been here you guys can stay here or come back of the army we said no 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 we've got our friends been caught there They've been taken back to be burnt alive. So we gotta carry out to the army base. So if you have your people you wanna you carry, your children and wives and stuff, you wanna stay here, protect your homes and and your sort of animals, you know, cows and stuff, we have to carry out because we have people taken. So we took few people, but there there are people with unimaginable wounds, you know. I remember where one with an eye out. Right. I remember one with a spear scraped in there uh, and right in there, but I'd broken halfway, you know, and he's been running with it. 
you know, with that spear there. In his leg. Yeah. And, uh, and I said to that point, I said, I'm not going to look at anyone else now because um, it seems horrific. So I remember sitting down on my own while we deciding if we're going to carry on. Look at my body. I'm like, no, this can't be true. Everyone I look at, it has something. Right? And I seem to have like absolutely nothing. Nothing. Somebody tell me, this is a dream. And um, I couldn't believe it. So we moved again. And it was raining in the night, walking in line. By morning, we reached the army. So, and then we had to have to walk around, avoiding certain areas. You know, like, we walked there with families and kids. We picked up along the road in the hills. So we managed to get to this uh, army camp. But when we get there, we nearly got shot at because I thought they were being attacked in the middle of the night. So I said, yeah, we're children from boarding school. They said, so you stay where you are. We thought we were going to get in there and be sheltered. They said, no, you're actually going to have to go back some church that way in the middle of the night that's like four in the morning five going five and then um still raining and uh we moved back with father's church broke the door and we sat there thin table so you sit on the table like that little chair and you lean against the wall you get everyone to lean against you and that's how we slipped it on each other and if i get tired from the back i go to the front you know rotate for the sleep right in the morning and in the morning you say everyone come from every other part of the hills you know and staying there we became a refugee camp and our former headmaster before elections he left after election because the school was given to apparently a Hutu because the political party won so he get the positions so he left this area where the army is apparently is Tutsi more dominated so he was coming from his boarding school he's now direct uh, headmaster of he saw us and he, he cried. I remember him coming on this pickup truck and seeing, seeing us because he'd been to our school. The whole school we were there, we were all, it was quite very, uh, quite at high achievers, you know, for the, for the bureaucracy administration. We're trained next, you know. And when he came, because for many years he was the headmaster there and he had that reputation that, you know, the education and discipline, you know and all that so he had to leave because of the whole election thing and then seeing us you know and he kind of felt that sort of i remember well he looked at us and cried it was the most we all feared because he was ruthless and then see him cry i was like wow wow this is it and then uh, as for more people coming fleeing to the same place i remember sitting there and uh, in the camp, and then we start getting hungry, no food, nothing. The headmaster, our former headmaster, said, I don't even have food enough for my children. There's a new uh, boarding school here. And I said, Jesus, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? And uh, we start going to neighborhoods, go to look of avocados and bananas, and da, da, da. that wasn't enough. So, wood, we went to a, a local little market where they made the stools, we just held all that wood put it as a, something to cook with or nights for heat. And uh, a guy who was in my school came to me, you know, you have relatives around here. I said, really? Because that's, it's also a, a royal family, sort of, we call it Kirimba, where the home of the royal family is. I said, you have your, 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 your family here? I said, really? So he took me there, you know, very comfortable, you know, this family. They had a, um, 
uh, I would call it um, uh, a supermarket, sort of a supermarket that was done there. So, and the bar and stuff like that. And I found the two other princes sitting there, got caught up in this on the bar, saying, you know, we can't go back. We are here on holiday, like we're stuck. So the auntie saw me, it's like, you mean you're part of those people who just survived? I said, yeah, we are. He goes, oh my God, you know. Got in there, got changed, had a nice shower, blah, blah. But after a while, I sat there, I'm like, nah, this doesn't feel good. Everyone else is there, you know, on the church, football pitch, outdoor, you know, and now I'm comfortable here. I said, I have to go, I have to go. But I borrowed a, a wood chopper, you know, to help to do the cooking thing. So in the end, we started hatching a plan. I said, you know what? Now and then was a trickle of people who got caught while we were running and been burned or chopped or raped, right? We see stories start reaching us, we start getting worked up, you know, people getting really worked up. Some go in the neighborhood start doing vengeance, right? Killing, you know, because they are from the ethnic group. They've done it, it's start getting crazy like that. And uh, I remember suggesting in terms of uh, hunger and food and stuff like that and people think you know we don't have sanitary things you know and the whole boarding school we left absolutely everything we paid our fees for the school we know the storage has beans rice all this stuff for a good while for a few months stuff right? so that's how they do every two months whatever they buy stuff and store for the food the regular the daily stuff and I remember going to, because we had what we call a uh, head of the students. I said, why don't we tell the soldiers? Because some kids were saying, you know, I'm going to knock that soldier, get the, the gun, let's go back. All right? I said, that's stupid. You know, you know how far it is and all that, but let's take them, take us there, you know, give those things. Soon I tell them, and some guy jumped in front trying to get out. Yep, let's do this and count it. And the soldier said, "It's only." He told me, "Go, go and bring four people, four boys and four girls, because the girls have to go to their girls' dormitories and boys have to go to the boys' dormitory to get the stuff that we need, blankets and stuff like that." Because you know, people get there's nothing. We're absolutely exposed at night. And then uh, I remember an army truck coming and climbing that truck. Actually, I got nearly dropped out and people to go because some people start hatching plans how they're gonna I said excuse me I suggested I have to be on this I remember getting on a track and that track uh, we had like probably eight soldiers or ten soldiers and three in the front so probably a good 15 with us of eight students and uh, we went and whilst we drive it's getting late in the evening uh, no, no, see, we went to the afternoon, it's still clear, but everywhere we got the trunks, cutting it, get it out, blah, blah. and the army had all these gun machines on top of this truck, so they can, you know, get ready for anyone. And we could see how they mount grenade, you know, they mounted grenades from the cases, you see, they say, if I get, if I fall down, you see how it's going to be, you can do it. I'm like, oh my God, don't tell me, this is real, you know. So we went to track. And before we arrived, we arrived to uh, our boarding school. I remember we met our school pickup truck. The army has uh, was it, uh, collected it and they're using it. And they've caught some neighbors in the neighbors of the, the boarding school. And they've caught these eight boys, you know. And right there, they decided they were part of 
of people who've been burning all these neighborhoods because everywhere you looked from here you see some houses you know uh, smoke or burning houses you know and I remember these eight people lying down this truck just came to pick up some children who've been burned in some houses there like alive so they're still alive but the skin have been it's just like chalk you know hair you know the white skin under the our skins there's one thick white you just see you know crawling off you know and um yeah people in bad shape in the pickup truck and i remember every soldier there was angry somehow and these eight kid eight young men caught in the area got killed in front of us with bayonets you know that's justice straight away you know in the heart and stepping there here you know with the army boots and they say yeah they die quick like this and i'm like do you want to you want to come avenge yourself i said no i'm not in this you know you're absolutely not in this and somehow you look away and go like what can you do here this is total mad you know i remember an old lady from a distance and the soldiers picked her up and i said like, you and she goes, oh, start getting on her knees and praying. She, I think she knew what was coming for her. I didn't know he was going to get that point. And this was to keep getting like this, calling her. And he got closer and closer to her. And before I know it, he really hit her legs. And she was in the air, flipping, on the ground, hit the ground. And while she was on the ground, straight a bayonet in her chest. All right. And I remember... After that, says okay, back in the truck, back in the truck. Go to the school, find bodies around, and before you know, I say okay, get all the stuff we need, food, blankets, and everything. I remember going to the dormitory to find if I can find a few of my belongings. There was nothing left there; everything's gone. And and I remember, most important position for me was in my poem book, poetry book I used to write for my childhood sweetheart from home. And uh, I remember how much trouble I went through. I remember collecting my poetry book and my favorite book from the library. It's an encyclopedia. I just always go there and refer to. So everything I retrieved from there, everyone looting, pianos, these, you know, for themselves. I picked up my book, poetry book, and which I still have here. My poetry book and encyclopedia, which I don't have anymore. And, uh, and that was it. So they brought the food, blankets, and everything, and went back. And as we go, it's going to be late and nice. Every place is burning. So I got back to the refugee camp, and um, a few days passed. I kept going, you know, cook, hang out, hear stories. And then families looking for their own, some dead, some alive, you know. Radio start coming on. People in the city know that every kid from that school has been killed because they found where they've built a monument now, national monument, that is saying never again, where most people got caught from us, got burnt and killed. And um, so home, my family knew that I was dead. And then I remember the army taking names of ours, where we come from or whatever. If anybody calls the army, do you know such as still alive? But in the end, the, the, the noble, two noble men who I was staying with my auntie there, 
and we managed to go to the royal sort of palace and uh, they're trying to park because the roads apparently you could pass but I think they had protection themselves so we packed whatever charcoal they needed and food they needed from the fields and this old old car I don't think it had even brakes <laughs> So we decided to go back after two weeks. We were in the area, so I had to go and lift with them. So I had to go back to the city. I had to go find out my mother because I'm now my mother. She's completely all over the place. So I remember we go back to the city. Soon I arrived home. I arrived actually. They've been doing a dead person ceremonies at my house. They thought I was dead. So most members in the family they've been coming comforting my mother candles around you know and I arrived people could not believe the whole neighborhood was what you alive and and you know it was just surreal and uh, hugging everyone and my uncle was there who lives in Belgium now I was like you are alive sit down tell us blah blah I said well we had a pact with the people who survived. So we never tell. If we knew how someone died, don't tell. Don't say how exactly how they died. You know, it's for their dignity or whatever. However, I don't know what is that. It's true or not. And they told me, that you have to go see your mother because your mum is crying 24 hours. You go to her work. She was managing a women's home. You go to see her. Otherwise, uh, she's inconsolable, you know. So I borrowed my cousin's bicycle, you know, and I rode there, you know. Soon I rode there, I found next to a house where she manages, they found a thief, you know, right? They found a thief, they're kicking the thief. She's stolen something from a woman who lived there, some chain gold, whatever. They're kicking it. So the whole city is very tense in terms of ethnic groups. They say, oh, these bastards, they killed our own, blah, blah, blah. I remember going behind my mother in that group, Right, looking down what's going on. And I tapped her on her shoulder and there's a church, got a church next to me. I tapped on her door on a, on a, I was on a bicycle and I tapped on her shoulder. And she turned around, why she's caught up in this and she looks at me and says, Hi Anna she calls back. Like three seconds. It didn't compute. And I remember looking and say, How long is it gonna shoot up? And she just screamed right there and ran off. She ran off towards this church and I was slowly behind her. She was like, please God, tell me it's not a ghost. It's real. And she went on her knees and prayed. Right? And I went next to her and said, Mother, it's me. It's me. You know, I'm real. I'm real. She stood up. She I remember just how happy she was and relieved. And everyone around her knew that she lost a son. You know. So it just went like fire everywhere. So every family is aware they you know get invited for celebration or say, you know, man, whatever it was, you know. So I'm stay in the city and that changed a little bit still, tensions and then a uh, big problem about how all these schools, how are we gonna go back to school? We need care in school or whatever. And then we say, you know, we can't go to the same school we used to be, so we have to places that we feel safe, blah blah blah, you know, it went on. And we start barricading the city, going to barricade the education minister. In the end, and meeting the university students, they had their own quorum with the government, basically creating a whole deadlock thing. So we barricaded the, the Ministry of Education. And the end, the manager was part of the team of uh, steering groups about, you know, 
getting the minister to take this seriously. And then we, in the end, we got a meeting with the minister and said, you know, draft the list and, and where you prefer to go, all right? We draft the list after a long time, fight, you know, fighting the police and the, the city, traffic, uh, getting the journalists to come in and cover it, so, you know. So in the end, we got our school, I got down the road from in the city, and I lasted maybe a few months. Then I got shot, you know, from the tension in the, in the city. I got shot uh, on a motor motorbike, giving a lift to one of the boys who is the head of a militia, of a group that has been used by politicians to do this cleansing by areas about, along the lines of ethnic groups, you know. And in the area we lived in, it was an area that we moved in after uh, many years, we, uh, last on 2000. Because we, we grew up in one area and had a group I grew up there, they had their own gang. But I was not literally part of their gang, so people I grew up with. And then moved to this area and they had a gang this area in the neighborhood. And most of them I go to school down the road, you know. And But somehow everyone has been politicized. You know, and uh, they start having guns, they start having knives, grenades, you know. They get paid for uh, settling scores, you know. If uh, a leader wants to get eliminated, they send some of these guys. And I grew up with them, all of them. And um, sometimes they clashed, I remember, at a nightclub, went out, and uh, one old group leaves when they say, no, we're going to beat up some guy. I said, who? That one. I said, no, you can't, because he's my neighbor, you know. For God's sake. And they decided to go outside to fight and I said, no, over my dead body, you're not going to fight. Because I know if the fight comes, one is dead or die. I remember avoiding that and then actually making them to meet, you know, and took one of the guys and said, we're going to take a trip, you know, take you to where they usually hang out in the other area. you got to come with me. And I remember taking him there and they sort of settled it and then it was over. But this time in this area, because uh, I had a motorbike, some guy asked me a lift. I said, I don't have... In the end, I said, okay, I'll give you a lift. And give it to one in another area again, which is a Tutsi, apparently, um, area. And this guy who's been killing people on contracts and stealing people's houses, he'll come in your house and say, out. It'll be his. He'll sell it. Your car, out or killed. You know, it was like that, you know. So I remember I get into this area and um, he goes like, you, give me a lift. I said, oh my God, him, no way. He get try to find an excuse, there's no way to say no, you know, to him. And then I said to him, I don't have petrol. Since he got petrol, I said, oh yeah, I'll fill up your tank. Because in the area about Christmas, it's my birthday and Christmas. I said, ooh, a full tank would be doing me good. That would stop me going to grandma, give me a little bit of change, something. Stupid, that was my signature for death. So I remember, finally said, okay, I'll drop him off to his house. So put him on the bike, but he's been shot in the knee before. His knee, he can't flex his leg. And I remember he had a grenade in the pocket, he had money for a pocket, he had a pistol, he had his beer and his, his weed, sitting on the back of my So I had a hat, I remember how I took my hat and put his hat to cover himself. So I drive him off in the area where he's safe in the area. He's been looked at, uh, uh, wanted by the secret police and family and all that. 
So I remember, go to the petrol station, fill up the tank, and as soon as I got there, I felt everyone, every eye was on me. This sort of sensation. I remember driving down the road. It's a really old bike. It's a really old banger. It doesn't really, you know, you can pass it on, on foot if it's up the hill. Down the hill is fine. So we go in this area, and uh, he goes, pass there. I said, no, no, if we pass there, there's a hangout of another group, you know, it's the, your enemies, you know. For me, I always pass after curfew. I would say hello, because my old brother, they work for an NGO. He's their boss. So, and they know my family with that we don't have any leaning over either side from the conflict. I say, I could find a fire there, it's fine, but you, it's your business, you'll be dead. What, you're, you're afraid? So he's kind of, so he's a cocky. I said, all right, we passed there, turn down, and we'll go down around there, just came jump on this, because the road is, they have all these carcasses of old cars, you know, parked there. So they jump on top of the cars and say, hey, you, 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 you. But I've already passed. So we we'll go to his house, he pays money for food and stuff like that. After that, I say, well, you have to push up the hill if you want to go back. He goes, me push? No. To, re to imagine his power, he's this short guy, his power, there was a guy next sitting on there, muscly like there. He could just squeeze you like that and then you'd be, you know. But he goes, you, come here. Just this skinny guy, you know. And he was even Congolese, <laughs> this guy. He said, you, come here, push the bike. And I was unbelievable. That guy pushing us? Jesus, it's the power, you know. Push the bike, goes on, it's, eh, up the hill, and then he goes, pass exactly where we were, it's like, you serious? They will hear us coming from, from miles down the road. He was like, yeah, yeah, are you scared, blah, blah. I said, well, it's your bit. Me, I said, I kept feeling like I'm immune to this conflict, you know. And uh, as soon as I pass through there, as soon as we get to where the, this other group, militia hangar, it's like uh, that movie, <laughs> I always come back to the movie of a City of God, you know, and how many guns in front of me? It says, stop. I remember, because I knew he has a grenade, and he's kicking my back, saying, don't stop, we'll be dead. I'm like, this is stupid. But I didn't know which voice to listen, and I'm still on this, and before I know it, I've passed through them. And before I know it, they're all shooting from behind. So I lean down, he's, he's in my back, Right, he's holding me. And I land. So all the bullets are getting him. Right? I turn the main road. It's a bit wobbly. And uh, I pass next to a big uh, stone. His leg kicks that stone. So he falls there. Forward. I fall back of the bike. On my leg. So I remember a gun on the side. Finishing him off. Right? The t-shirt. Shooting him on the t-shirt. And I remember the t-shirt moving. And after that, the gun turned around to my head. I remember from, from the ground, I could see right in the, in the gun. And I said, come on guys, I am not part of this, you know. I remember almost imagining how the finger is going to the pull to the trigger. And then moved like to kind of, and I remember the sun burning me here. So I can only imagine it, the bullet hitting the ground, all right. And the sun jumping and burning my, my side of the, the, the skin and as soon as I said that again he saw him around he shot second time so from there the bullet went through here all the way and came out from the back right and as this came back I still not feeling the effect yeah from the heart next to the heart 
And then I remember looking at him and saying, man, I'm not part of this because it not had the effect. And he tried to shoot the third time. He ran out of bullets, you know. He ran out of the bullets and ran back. Because across the street, there was another group of people I usually go in to hang out with. They saw him and said, oh, it's JP, they're shooting. So they all brought their guns, so they for shoot out. So I remember going to the mayor, get up, because there's no one around me. I got up, pushed the bike off, went into the hair saloon of these women noof and their casks. And I'm all the, everyone said, oh, we're not part of this. I said, no, I'm not here, I'm just hiding. They all run out. The owners and the women, they just run out. So I stayed there, I said, guards, what's going to do now? They're going to throw a grenade in here and I'm gone with the building. So I'm thinking like a, a movie. They're going to come in, hit the head, grab the gun, get out the gun, I'm going to shoot out. You know, so I'm, while I'm there, I'm like, he's dead, but I'm still alive. What the hell? So I'm like, man, I'm okay. I'm like, suddenly I see lots of blood going right in my shoe, like, like proper. My whole side is wet with blood. My shirt, and I saw what's what's going on with me. So I looked at my shirt. I see a hole, in my shirt. But I said, sorry, but I couldn't find the hole on my body. So I turned the shirt, I must then go on the back. Look at the back of the shirt, there's no hole on the shirt. Look back, oh, something. And burning sensation, I looked at it, oh, I put a finger right to a little inches in there, it went in. I was like, oh shit. So I looked to the front, so where did he go from the front? And then, and it's just there, you know, on the left. I was oh yeah, there's a little, I went in. Then thoughts ran in my head, I'm like, oh, this is how people are dead. And if they think they're still alive, you know, I said, maybe this is the, I have sh short of time to run to the hospital. Maybe I might be lucky, you know, they might try to get me back. So I got out of the building. I said, got out of the building, trying to run. There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people there. I run in the middle of uh, the road. I see cars coming. I stopped it because you see gunshots everywhere. This car said, no, this is trouble. You know, hit the accelerator and that it must run over me. And then I was like, shit. Took a stone, so I'm not gonna stop a car. Nope, no chance. So I passed through these guys who were shooting back, these other guys. And I said to them, come on, give it away. So I tried to walk towards the hospital where I knew the hospital is. So as I walk, cause I've lost lots of blood. I'm losing in it. I'm losing sort of, um, you know, strength. The roads start dancing like almost a sheet, you know, cloth, you know, like they're on a drying line, you know, and start dancing like that. So every focus I had of buildings, the trees, the people, cars, even a stone, everything that I can focus, start becoming just shadows. You know, they're just shadows, you know, moving shadows, you know, old trees moving like that. And I got a cool hazy and then I, I tripped just a little bit and I tripped, poof, I was just right on that.